Good morning once again. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow sheep of the Good Shepherd, there certainly are many voices out there that clamor for our attention, aren't there? Day and night, loud and clear, they keep coming at us. Some of them are voices that would like to sell us something, right? Um, you have to have this latest innovation, or you deserve to have you know, this product or that product. And any media possible and expensive marketing campaigns and all the rest. And of course, there's nothing wrong with sales or nothing wrong with business and negotiation and, and stuff, but there certainly are all those voices out there. Other voices try to convince us of something. Not sell us something, but convince us of something. Probably we all kind of want to keep up to date on the news locally around us in our community and throughout the world, but it's hard to just get the news without also the, maybe the spin or the analysis coming at it from the proper perspective, the right point of view, the correct bias. Okay? Um, could be social issues out there, could be politics or government. Certainly, Voices that are trying to help us to see things the right way are out there. And then there's also voices that are, the, you might say, to, to help us. Are good sometimes, a, a good friend or a family member, like giving advice or self-help books. Something that'll help us in, our, in the areas of fitness or in productivity or any number of areas. Simply trying to help us. Or good causes that are out there, making a difference in the world. You should try this, you should do that. We can eliminate injustice, or we can do good in this world. Getting advice is also a good idea. You know, none of us can say we don't need advice, never. But I guess with the prevalence of social media and with all these voices, the variety of voices that come at us, sometimes contradicting, sometimes for good, sometimes not for good, sometimes heavily debated, argued about, whether it's in work, in politics, in our daily life, family life, where we live, Philosophy, lifestyle, even morality. No shortage of voices, right, out there wanting to get our attention. Probably part of our society and the times that we live in. But it's also true spiritually, not just, you know, out in the world, but there are other there's false doctrine out there spiritually. There's other brands of Christianity. There's religion. There's no religion. 
also many voices that want our attention live this way or do this thing. They come at us from outside, but there's also voices inside of us, right? And let's remember what Jesus said. <laughs> out of our heart, out of the heart comes all evil desires and all kinds of sin. So sometimes the voices that are inside of us maybe aren't even, right? I can do it. I can make it on my own. Or if I'm a good person, then God should recognize me. Problem is, because of sin, it's just the reality, eventually those give way to other voices inside of us, like, I'm just not good enough. I'm not really forgiven. God can't love me. What a mess I've made. What a mess I am. There's a lot of voices. There's one voice that's important to listen to. The only voice that's always worth listening to and is worth listening to always. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, said in our gospel lesson, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and no one can snatch them from my hand. Notice how Jesus gives us wonderful promises, what he promises to do for us, even as he talks about his expectation for us. When Jesus spoke those beautiful words, we already heard them in the gospel lesson in John chapter 10, and we heard he was actually talking with the Jews and more specifically, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, who were his enemies, and they were again trying to trap him. Stop talking in riddles. They were saying, just, if you're the Christ, just tell us plainly. Remember how Jesus answered? Well, I have told you. And beside that, my work, what I've done, clearly proclaims who I am. But you don't want to believe even though Jesus' actions backed up his words, they didn't want to reckon. And even though these words were spoken to Jesus' enemies, they're beautiful, comforting, positive words for us, words that echo the Psalm 23 that we've already spoken. Christianity is all about hearing our shepherd's voice. It's all about hearing his message to us, the message of salvation. And that message is interesting, but it's not just interesting. That message is informational. It gives us reliable truth, but it's not just informational. It's motivational, but it's not just motivational. He tells us there is salvation. It doesn't just tell us there is a salvation. 
and doesn't just motivate us to maybe want this salvation, and doesn't even just simply only tell us how to get that salvation. Wait for it. The message of salvation that Jesus, our good shepherd, gives us invites us to believe it and actually has the power to create faith that we believe it. It's always been that way, and it will always be that way. And that brings us back to the first lesson that my words are based on and that I want to think about a little bit. That lesson from Acts, the Apostle Paul. Last week, we heard about his conversion, right, in Acts chapter 9 when Jesus appeared to him. Changed his name from Saul to Paul, but the more important change was in his heart. Became a believer. Now we hear him several years later as Jesus' apostle on his first missionary journey. He comes into the area, you guys have heard the book to the Galatians, he's in that area, and he comes to the city of Antioch in Pisidia. Just as today in our society, there were many voices, there were many messages in Antioch. Um, It was part of, had been under the Greek Empire, so it was the Greek culture was part of their culture, and they were part of the Roman Empire, and it was a city of commerce, and it was a city of government, or kind of a government center. There were retired Roman soldiers that were living in that area, and there was also a Jewish synagogue. So God had kind of set the stage here, or he was setting the stage. Think about whether it's through the exile or through business, or, or even persecution, how God had scattered Jews and put them throughout the world, the Mediterranean world. And so that Jews were out there, but also they had had contact with others, with Gentiles, and those Gentiles had had some exposure, some knowledge about the God of the Jews. And in many of these cities, there were synagogues where Jews would gather. Through all of this, God was preparing the soil, you might say, for what was happening, what was going to happen. Jews and Gentiles, Paul went to the synagogue. That was his normal uh, customary practice when he would get to a new city, he would go to the synagogue. Worship in the synagogue was kind of, in some ways, was similar to our worship. They had prayers and scripture readings and they had a message based on those scripture readings. Um, They didn't have one dedicated pastor. They had a group of elders who were responsible. And when Paul and Barnabas showed up in the synagogue in Antioch, the elders recognized him, and they invited Paul to speak. Now, normally I spend a good chunk of time preparing my message uh, during the week. Paul didn't have the chance. He was put on the spot. But he did know what to say, didn't he? He had a message for the people. A message to share. So he motioned to the people, got their attention. He greeted them and gained their favor, both Jews and Gentiles. And he gave, this is the first sermon of Paul that we have in the book of Acts. And it's kind of a model It's very common to other sermons. And what did he tell them? Do you want to 
summarize it, what I'm using, what I put there, the message of salvation. Kind of had three different parts. We didn't read, you notice there was a few verses that we skipped over uh, between verse 16 and 26. So in the first part, Paul just simply reminds those Jewish and Gentile um, listeners about the whole history of God in the Old Testament. Way back from Egypt and wandering through the wilderness and coming to the promised land and through the monarchy. And he talks about how it's all about Jesus, even to the point of John the Baptist, which we could call the last prophet of the Old Testament, just before Jesus' arrival. It's all about Jesus. And then Paul says, and that message about that Savior is for us. And Paul helps them and he helps us understand what happened in Jerusalem at the end of Jesus' life. The Jews did not recognize Jesus, their shepherd, their Messiah. They acted in ignorance. Question for you. For us today in our setting, most of our settings, um, in our way of thinking, ignorance is sometimes kind of an excuse, isn't it? Or we use it as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know. Or maybe somebody is getting interviewed or uh, interrogated, and they might claim, I, I didn't know. I didn't know about that. For God and in the Bible, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not an excuse. And when the Jews, when it says, Paul says that they didn't recognize Jesus, that's a sin of ignorance and of unbelief. Yet, amazing, even though they acted in ignorance in rejecting Jesus and seeking out his death, what did God accomplish through that ignorance? Salvation. God accomplished his purpose through the death and then the rising of Jesus. They acted in ignorance, but God accomplished his purpose, salvation. And then he raised Jesus from the dead. And that is the third part of the sermon that Paul gave. There is good news. There's this message of salvation for all and to all. For all of us, Jews and Gentiles, people of all times, of all places, and it's for, for you and me also. God has, might say once and for all, crafted the message of salvation, which changed history and continues to change history and change lives and turn unbelief into belief, sin and death and hell into life through Jesus, the Savior. When we Think about a text like this when we're confronted with Jews, God's people, who acted in ignorance and sin and unbelief. It's easy to judge them, isn't it? Wow, how could they, after all those years and all those promises, then reject him when finally God sent Satan? And when we think about 
the reaction in Antioch. There were some who believed, but there were also more Jews who didn't want to hear it. And when we think about the world in which we live, it's easy also to think, can't we see evidence around us of ignorance and sin and unbelief? And it could be easy to judge. Okay? But let's remember something. What is our human nature? Who are we without Christ, without his saving work, without the message of salvation? A message that isn't just some empty words, but are words based on fact, deeds, things that God has done for us. Where would we be in ignorance, sin, and unbelief if not for the work of God through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit? And so just as Paul gave that simple message in the synagogue in Antioch, the message of salvation through Jesus, that's the same message that is ours, that we need. There's a preliminary message, right? Not, we are, we, speaking of humanity, we are the cause of the problems in the world, and I am the cause of the problems in my world. That's the preliminary, that's the truth that prepares us to hear, but now God has provided a solution through Jesus, the Lamb who laid down his life, the good shepherd who takes care of his sheep, who calls them, and not just calls them, but creates faith through his powerful word. That is the message of salvation for you and for me. All through Jesus is forgiven. All is forgotten. All is well because of Jesus. This message, this message of salvation meant for us to. Is it out of dated? Can it become outdated? Will it ever become outdated? Tired, unattractive? We'll continue the end of all time to be the message of salvation, the voice of the good shepherd calling, calling to those of us who already believe but also calling out to others. The message of salvation is still the message of the good shepherd who seeks us and all people, who loves us and all people, who wants to care and gather, provide rescue, warn, who wants to be the good shepherd to all people. There are many voices that we can listen to out there, also in here. Only the message of salvation that comes from our good shepherd the promises, not empty words and empty promises, but promises based on facts and actions and fulfilled works. That deserves our attention. What Jesus has done for you, because of what Jesus has done for you, because of the voice of Jesus, you and I, we are no longer ignorant, sinners, in unbelief but we are sheep who hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him. Christian message 
really is unique. It's not what we should do, how we can get back to God. The Christian message is one of what God has done for us. The shepherd who became the lamb, sacrificed for sin. That means for us, we will live and rise and live again. So may we hear that message eagerly. May we long for that message from the bottom of our hearts. And may we share that. You know, it's like someone said, the more we receive the message of salvation, the more we want it. The better we know Jesus, the more we want to know him better yet. And the more we want to share that with others. So may God grant that we always hear, long for, desire the message of salvation of the good shepherd who gave his life for us. Amen. The peace of God that goes beyond all understanding may keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.